Chris Beard is out as the head coach at Texas. Jimbo Fisher is in the news again, but not for the good reason. We provide an update on Damar Hamlin. Zion is out, and what does it mean for the Pels? Can TCU pull off an upset? And did the Washington Commanders really choose to have their mascot be a pig? There's no lack of stories on this new episode of Jake's Take. Let's go. Let's go. Don't wait. This night's almost over. Honest. Let's make this night last what is going on, everyone? Thank you so much for tuning in to Jake's Take. As always, I'm your host, Jacob Solomon, at Jake's Take Podcast, at Jake's Still 14. And as always, this is sponsored by Variety Sports Network, your home for all sports in different forms and different forms and variety. And with our first story, it is important that we focus on Chris Beard, the former head coach, that's right, former head coach of the Texas basketball team. So what happened? So obviously, Christy and I were providing updates a few weeks ago about how he was not only arrested for domestic violence, but how there was this idea that his girlfriend, fiance, had made the whole thing up. Well, that doesn't seem to be the case anymore because the charges were not dropped and he was arrested. He still is, you know, very much been arrested and he's going to court. Originally, he was suspended. Now he's fully been fired and they fired him at the time of this recording. They fired him on Thursday and it was a month after the school suspended him without pay in regards to his arrest. Now, right now, Rodney Terry has been filling in and he's going to be in charge for the rest of the season and Texas has been doing well. You know, they were doing very well. They were on a nice little win streak. But right now, it's really just kind of crazy and all over the place. You know, he was arrested Beard was, not not their new head coach, was arrested on December 12th after his fiance told officers he had choked her, bit her, hit her. And then there was a statement released by his fiance saying that the whole thing was denied. So it was kind of a little all over the place of really what was happening. And I mean, we had said that Texas needed to do what they thought was right. Was this right? And honestly, I mean, we're doing it based off of the information we have. So it's a mix of, yes, it could be right, or no, it couldn't really be right. We don't know. But right now, I mean, Texas had to move fast. And Texas is a school that is known for their alumni, their boosters, their athletics. So I definitely think that people were involved with this decision, but they made what was the best decision for this team. Now, here's the thing that had happened in regards to Chris Beard. He had just signed a seven-year contract. He had five years left on that contract. They have to eat that dead money for him. And this was a coach that they were excited about. He went to Texas. He had coached there. He took Texas Tech to the Final Four in March Madness a few years ago. And so they were really expecting him to do really well in this year. He had done really well recently. This is not a really good look for Texas. So my thought process here is that, you know, you have to move on. You have to do what's right for your program, what's right for the students. But does this bite them in the butt? I don't think so. I mean, there's going to be some tendencies where this is hard and 
people's perspectives are going to be different moving forward. But I think for now, you know, they did what was right. They did the right thing. They wanted to focus on rebuilding their image. And I think moving on from Chris Beard was probably the best thing right now. But keep an eye out on this Texas basketball team because they might be on a, I don't want to say revenge tour, but they're going to keep proving that they are talented and can win without their former head coach. Now, moving on to our next topic. Now, Christy and I didn't get to talk too, too much about this on Monday at the time of the recording because it hadn't happened yet. But if you were familiar with football in regards to the NFL, the Bengals and the Bills were playing on Monday night. And then with about maybe five minutes left in the first quarter, Joe Burrow throws a pass to T. Higgins. T. Higgins catches it, runs for a few yards, and then gets tackled. And it's a play that we've seen several times. You see it so many times. But this play was different because the safety, Damar Hamlin, runs down and tackles T. Higgins. Both of them get up, and then immediately Damar Hamlin falls down. He falls backwards and he is just down on the ground and the trainers come out and everyone is just surrounding him because he is not moving. He's not responding and he has to have CPR and he, this catches widespread attention right now. So it was just a very scary thing to witness. Now, I hadn't been watching it live, but still it was very terrifying to know. Now, there is some good to this right now. There's an update. He is breathing. He is with his family right now. And the support and the emotions there is just terrific. But right now, I think with it, this is what we're seeing is that this is more than just football. You see how people are supporting him who aren't even fans of the Buffalo Bills. And all the teams on Twitter are changing their Twitter profile pictures to DeMar Hamlin's jersey number. He's known in his Pittsburgh community for having a toy drive. That toy drive has raised a million dollars, maybe even a little bit more as of right now. And everyone is thinking about him and providing just such love and care for him. They're praying for him. And when he woke up and finally gained consciousness, he had written down the first thing, did we win? And the doctors wrote back down, you won more, you won your life back. And that's just huge. So right now, continue to pray for DeMar Hamlin. But at this time, you know, he needs us and he's become an inspiration. And the Bengals and the Bills are just, you know, working together right now. I mean, you even have Zach Taylor, the Cincinnati Bengals coach, his wife is thinking of DeMar Hamlin right now. And, you know, Stephon Diggs was there by his side. T. Higgins was with DeMar's mom. And right now, I think it's just very important because this goes beyond football. And he is an inspiration to all of us too. But at this time, keep thinking about him, keep thinking about him and his family because while he is recovering and improving, this is going to take a long time. And it is going to need to be looked into as well but he has a pulse he's breathing and very soon you know he's going to 
fight through this and get back out there because we know that he's capable of anything just like the rest of us. And for the first time of the new year, it is time for Christie's Corner. Welcome to 2023 and this new excitement for Christie's Corner. She's going to break down some really exciting topics and some new information. As always, the floor is yours, Christie. Welcome back to another episode of Christie's Corner. This is the place where you usually hear my crazy predictions that so far have an amazing track record. And we're going to start with one of them, and that was Jim Harbaugh going to the Broncos. So on Wednesday, Harbaugh released a statement that he doesn't know what the future would hold for him, but that he does expect to be back at Michigan. So as a non-Michigan fan reading and hearing that, it makes me think he's kind of just waiting for that perfect offer. And if it does happen to come from the NFL that he's going to take it but hasn't gotten it yet. So maybe that's not going to be with the Broncos. And he finished up his quote by saying, those who stay here at Michigan will be champions. So That's what I think. I think if he gets the perfect NFL offer, he's gone. But if he doesn't, he's okay with staying at Michigan, and he does want to win a championship there. Now, another interesting I read, I think it was on ESPN, was that he was in talks with the Carolina Panthers as well. It wasn't an actual interview that he went to, but they were just having a conversation. So I don't think we've seen the last of the Jim Harbaugh back to NFL saga. And I just saw an interesting story about an hour ago from Bama Online. And their headline reads, Michigan football under NCAA investigation to receive notice of allegations by Friday. So keep an eye out for that. This episode was recorded on Thursday, so it'll be live on Friday. So maybe Harbaugh knows something we don't and he's trying to run to the NFL. I'm not sure, but there's definitely still more to come with that story. And speaking of the NFL, we have a huge underclassman coming up. So the NFL underclassman tracker is really actually wrapping up. So this is the all the juniors, it could be juniors and seniors, who are declaring for the NFL draft. Now there is a deadline for that and it's approaching. It's January 16th. So I do think we're going to see a couple more players from lots of different schools enter, but I'm not sure we're going to see any more huge names. I feel like all the huge names have entered and usually they wait till after bowl games, which most of them are finished now. So the players from Alabama that have entered the draft, obviously Will Anderson, um, Bryce Young, and then we had Brian Branch, Jameer Gibbs, Eli Ricks. There is a new one, and that's Henry To'o To'o. Not surprised. I think we all expected that. I think Henry has done his time at Alabama. I think he did what he's going to do there, and I do think it's time for someone else to step up and take his spot. I'm not sure if he'll go in the first round of the draft, but... If he does, it'll be later, but definitely early second round. I would look for him. Um, Another name just to mention, Jalen Hyatt from Tennessee is obviously in the NFL draft. And I think he's going to go high, not top five, maybe not even top ten, 
but definitely first round pick. So I've made a list of my top five of the strongest players in the NFL draft, and this is the order I think they are going to get picked in the first round. So number one, I have quarterback Bryce Young from Bama. Number two, I have Edge Will Anderson, also from Bama. Number three might surprise some people, but I'm going to say quarterback Will Levis from Kentucky. And yes, I did put him over C.J. Stroud. I have C.J. at number four. He's from Ohio. And then at number five, I have defensive end Miles Murphy from Clemson. We don't see a whole lot of defensive players go that early, but he had a huge season if you go back and look at his stats. So that's my quick top five for you of who I think is going to go first in round one of the NFL draft. We have some more kind of piggybacking off of the Jim Harbaugh saga. Going the other way is Bobby Petrino. So Bobby Petrino has a lot of baggage to his name. You've probably heard his name come up in college football talk and NFL football talk. So he was just hired by Jimbo Fisher to be the OC at Texas A&M. First of all, this is not a good move because Jimbo Fisher, I feel like, has been under scrutiny all season himself. And not only did he not produce anything with the number one recruiting class, and most of them left and entered the transfer portal, he created a community and an environment there that's really toxic. The stories I've heard that have come out of the locker room are not a community where people want to stay and play football and be part of a team. So being, bringing someone in like Bobby Petrino is not going to help that situation. And I'm just going to highlight some reasons why. So Bobby Petrino was the head coach for Arkansas at one point, and he was fired. He was fired after a motor- motorcycle crash, and there was a whole lot of drama behind that. So the story was that um, it was just him on the motorcycle, and it was just his motorcycle that crashed. No other vehicles or anything. But come to find out, there was someone else on that motorcycle with him, and it just happened to be his student-athlete development coordinator who he hired. Um, She was a former Arkansas student. Uh, I think she played volleyball and obviously much younger than him, and it did come out that they had a relationship, and she was, in fact, on the motorcycle. So he was fired due to reasons from that incident. And... So before he was at Arkansas, he was actually in the NFL with the Falcons, not even for a full season. He played for 13 games, got offered a head coach job at Arkansas, and just left. Just deserted, left his team, didn't finish the season. So not only does he have a pretty shaky personal reputation, he does not have a good professional reputation. Um, He has had some good seasons and some good things happen as a coach, But coaches don't just up and leave their teams like that. It's just a loyalty thing, especially in the world of sports. It just does not look good. So I feel like Texas A&M thinks they are getting the Bobby Petrino that was at the Louisville Cardinals. Now, he was not impressive there the whole time. 
but he did have a run where his offense looked amazing. So I think Texas A&M, maybe not all of Texas A&M, but Jimbo Fisher thinks he's getting that version where he can come in, really shake up the offense, and make them a strong unit. I don't agree. I don't think it's a good hire. I think it's another toxic position at coach that has been filled. I don't think it's going to last. I think they're going to butt heads. One of them is going to be gone before the next season probably even enters the midway point. So NFL games, we've got some huge ones. I know there's kind of one looming over everybody's heads. Um, The NFL announced that they will not finish the Bills and Bengals game. So that does change some things and we're not really sure now how some playoffs or seeds will play out or look. Um, I've heard they might call it as a tie, a no contest. I've even heard the NFL might use like a random number generator to pick that top seed for that division. So we're not really sure how that's going to look. I do think it's an appropriate call. That game should not be finished. Um, I think our thoughts still need to be with Damar Hamlin and his family and his team. So just some games I wanted to mention. We have the Titans versus Jaguars. So this is going to decide their division, the AFC South. And I think the Jaguars are going to pull this one off. We have the Browns versus Steelers. I don't think the Browns have a chance, but... If the Steelers want to stay in the hunt for the playoffs, they do have to win this game, and then some other things have to happen with certain teams losing. The Ravens versus Bengals. Now, here's one of those that has a question mark because of that game that was not finished. I think this could determine the AFC North, but again, not too sure because we don't know what's going to happen with that last game, but I do think the Bengals will win this game. The Patriots versus the Bills is another big one. Um, The Patriots have to win this, and then, again, some other teams have to lose or win for the Patriots to be in. But I think the Bills are going to win this. Not only do they have a lot to play for right now, I just think they have a better and stronger unit. Then we have the Bucks versus the Falcons. The Falcons don't have a chance at the playoffs, um, but I do think the Bucks will win. We have the Panthers versus the Saints from the NFC South. Not really a meaningful game, just kind of more of a Southern rivalry. You know, at first I had picked the Saints, but I think the Panthers are going to finish out their regular season strong, and I think they're going to win this one. Then we have the Lions versus the Packers, which could be a huge one. It could decide that first seed in the NFC North. I would really like to see the Lions win here. I'm not a huge Aaron Rodgers fan, but he can do some amazing things when it comes to playoff time and getting into the playoffs. So don't be surprised if he does pull it off. I would just rather see the Lions win and get themselves at least a chance in the playoffs. So speaking of NFL, and last time I picked some NFL coaches that were on the hot seat 
it actually worked out with Hackett being fired. He was my number one hot seat pick. So we have something coming up called Black Monday. So at the end of the regular season for NFL, um, the next day, a Monday, we usually see lots of firings or just changing of coaching positions. So here are some hot seat coaches I have for you. I have Dennis Allen from the Saints, Cliff Kingsbury from the Cardinals. They are 4-12. and 12. He had Kyler Murray. And even before Kyler's knee injury, he was not using Kyler to his ability. He didn't get them any weapons either on offense to use. Um, Cliff Kingsbury is in my number one hot seat, so we'll see if he goes next. Um, I also have Ron Rivera from the Commanders. The whole team is just a dumpster fire. I'm sure you saw their new mascot. I'm not really sure if that was supposed to be satire or a joke, but that's what it turned into. And I also have Lovey Smith from the Texans. They have the worst record in the league at 2-13-1. So I think he's probably in my second spot. So look for Cliff or Lovey Smith to be fired next. And, of course, coming up, we have the national championship game for college football. And that is TCU versus Georgia. And I think TCU can pull it off. As I said in the last podcast, if we look back at those four teams in the two playoff games, I think TCU was the strongest out of all four teams. Really meaning that they dominated all four quarters of the game that they were in. And I think they would have dominated all four quarters against any of the teams. I think every other team, so Ohio State, Georgia, Michigan, had one or two weak quarters where TCU did not. They looked strong in all four quarters. Now, some things that Georgia has on their side are they do still have a top-tier defense. Now, we saw their defense can be tested, can be run down if the other team is able to score points which we know TCU can do. Also, Georgia has the number one passing offense under Stetson Bennett in the nation. So they have to be able to stop Georgia's passing game and they have to put pressure on Stetson and really just answer any points that Georgia is putting up. I don't think it's going to be a blowaway game by either side. I think this is going to be a good college championship. I think it's going to be a better matchup than maybe most people realize. And if TCU does not win, I want you to look out for them to be really, really strong contenders next season. If you look at the transfer portal and all the players who have decided to put their name there, they're going to be huge next year and a team to look out for. And if you'll remember from Alabama, we had Trey Sanders. And last season, he entered the transfer portal and went to Texas. And he just put his name in the transfer portal and he just signed to TCU. So they're going to have a slew of weapons on their team next year as well. So even if they lose, I don't think they are going anywhere. So we have lots of things to watch and look out for over the next coming days. But that is all for Christy's Corner. Bye. As always, thank you so much for that wonderful insight, Christy. And it is great to welcome the 2023 year with you. So bringing on a few of those points, first and foremost, so the reason why the Washington Commanders gave their mascot to make it a pig 
is because it has something to do with their offensive line back in, I believe, the 80s and the 90s. So, you know, points for history, but I'm deducting points because that mascot is not kosher. And, I mean, also, it's a pig. So, we don't really know what to think about that. But, I mean, I'll give it a C+. Who knows? Maybe it'll grow on me. But, I mean, justice for Teamy from the Bleacher Report, Gridiron Heights shorts, Teamy the T-Monster, that's the better one. Anyway, moving on in regards to our next point. Christy had mentioned how Jim Harbaugh isn't really saying if he's going to leave Michigan or go back to the NFL. No one really knows what's going on, but I think right now he just released a statement that he doesn't plan on going anywhere, but there's definitely some, I guess, fine print there because he doesn't plan on going anywhere unless it's a job he wants. Now, would he go to the Panthers? I don't think so. I don't think he needs to go to the Panthers. I mean, it's great that he was in contact with them, but I don't think it's really important for him to go there. I mean, look, I said it before, Charlotte is a city that is great for culture, but when it comes to sports teams, they definitely struggle. So that might be something that, I don't know. I don't know what to think about that. I don't think he would fit in that mantra. And keep an eye out for Black Monday, because there are going to be some coaches who are going to be fired, and Christy and I are going to cover that in the next episode. But like Christy had mentioned, our old friend Jimbo is in the news for being a complete idiot. So Jimbo Fisher has struggled this year. You know, you had close to 30 players from Texas A&M in the transfer portal, and now there were also was talk about how his offense was sputtering and it wasn't good. Well, they seem to get that figured out by hiring the worst person possible to be your offensive coordinator. That's right. They hired Bobby Petrino. Now, Christy had mentioned how Bobby Petrino was the head coach at Arkansas and he got into that accident with a woman who was not his wife. But here's the thing. He's also done so many other things that are so bad. He can't stay at a job for a long time. He leaves. He basically ghosts everyone. And he just isn't right there. I mean, he started with the Atlanta Falcons for 13 games. And then he quit to go to Arkansas. Then he was fired. He was the offensive coordinator for the UNLV Rebels for a month. And then he left to go to be at Texas A&M. So right now, to say that Bobby Petrino is all over the place is an understatement because he can't stay still. But here's the thing, too. He's just scum. That's the best way to put it. You know, he is not a good person. And I feel like with this, you know, I don't know what Jimbo Fisher is doing, but this does not look good for Texas A&M. This does not look good for him. So obviously, I think with this, you know... Maybe they'll prove us wrong, but this was such a terrible hire for Jimbo's image because Bobby Petrino is such a terrible person. Now, moving on, because I feel like if I keep talking about this, I'm going to, you know, scream. Let's focus on TCU and Georgia. Now, we want to see if TCU can pull the upstate. They might be able to pull the upstate. You know, Georgia struggled in the most recent game. Ohio State is a very talented team. But Max Duggan has some pretty good 
receivers and some good skill players. So I wouldn't be surprised if they find a way to compete. But has Georgia learned from the Ohio State game that they need to bring their A game? That's the thing. This is a team that has struggled throughout the year and hasn't had that many dominant wins. Now, I know that people are going to say, well, what are you talking about? They had some really dominant wins. You look back, their really dominant wins come against LSU and Tennessee. And that's kind of it. I mean, yes, there was Oregon, but you struggle against Missouri. You struggle against Kentucky. I feel like with this and you struggle against Ole Miss, they need to play the most complete game. Because right now, if we're saying how this looks compared to last year's championship game, Georgia is in Alabama's, I guess, shoes, which is weird. I didn't think I would say that. And TCU is Georgia. If they come out cocky, TCU can pull a fast one and actually win this game. And finally, for our last point, it is in regards to the New Orleans Pelicans. Now, the Pelicans are still contenders. But there is some sad news about this because in the loss against the 76ers a few days ago, Zion did tweak a hamstring. So it is his hamstring strain. Now, he is going to be out for some time. The bad news is he's going to be out and he's been playing great. And this isn't really the best time for the injury because right now this is going to be some of their hardest games. The good news is is that this team played all year without Zion and they made the playoffs. So with this, there's some good and bad, but also with the good news too, is that BI was playing more on him later. Now with this, we don't really know when he'll be back. You know, hamstring strains can be three to four weeks. It could be a little bit longer. So I know that most of Pelicans fans we're saying, well, can we donate a hamstring to him? I don't think it works that way. I wish it does, but it doesn't, sadly. So I think with this, it's going to be something we have to kind of take a look at. This team has depth, but here's the thing about this team, too. Their five starters have not all played together that much this year because Brandon Ingram has been hurt, Zion's been hurt, CJ McCollum has missed games, Herb Jones has missed games. The only one who has not missed games is Jonas Valanciunas. And many people are saying that we should trade him, which is kind of ridiculous. And I don't agree with that. So with this, while Zion was playing great, he's still, you know, fourth in all-star voting in the West. But he's still going to be back and he can take some time to regroup and get things together. So I don't think it's anything to, to be nervous about. Yes, this team plays the Nets on Friday, and the Nets have been really good in their turnaround, but this game is at the Smoothie King Center, and the Pelicans playing at the Smoothie King Center is a whole different story. Now, with this, the next question comes down to who is going to step up during this time? Now, obviously, Najee Marshall and Trey Murphy III have been dynamic, while Zion and B.I. have been out But look for Jackson Hayes to get some looks. You know, Jackson Hayes wasn't playing too, too much recently, but now he's starting to kind of come back into his own. So it could be a, I don't want to say a wake-up call, but it could be something where we see more Jackson Hayes upcoming. Look for some other looks where CJ is going to run the point. But also, remember, B.I. is coming back. B.I. has been out for a month. He's 
getting very close to coming back. You know, he's practicing in practice. He's going through contact. So he'll be back soon. And when he comes back, that's going to make a huge difference for this Pelicans team because his mid-range is dynamic. But look for Trey Murphy to have some threes. Najee Marshall is going to kind of take more of a focus there as well. And of course, Herb, you know, Herb is a forward. So he's going to play some minutes as well. So look for this team to have some different pieces. You know, they also called up the player from the G League, Duran Sebron. He'll get some looks too. Cairo Luz is going to be there. Not sure about Devontae Graham because right now he's kind of been struggling. Jose Alvarado and Dyson Daniels are going to be given some looks too. And then, of course, when Larry Nance Jr. comes back, he'll get some looks. So this team is going to have to depend on its depth for right now because the schedule is going to be hard. Now, do we know when B.I. is coming back? Not really, but hopefully it should be soon. It's looking good. But at this time, people are freaking out because I know that injuries suck. But once Zion and B.I. are fully healthy, this team is going to be very, very good and very, very scary. But that is going to do on this Friday episode of Jake's Take. As always, thank you so much for all your support, all your love. You can find us on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook at Jake's Take Podcast or my personal Instagram, Jake'sTill14. As always, this is sponsored by Variety Sports Network. At variety underscore sport underscore your home for all different sports and different forms of varieties. Please take a look at some of our previous episodes. We've got a lot of different focuses, whether it's on the South, whether it's on sports stories, and we couldn't have done this without y'all. Drop a like, drop a follow, subscribe. You can find us on Spotify, Anchor, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, Amazon Music. We're on all podcast networks there and podcast platforms. As always, you can find Christy on TikTok and Instagram at ChristyMarie underscore double zero. And we are so excited for this new year. We're going to be bringing in so much content now. So I cannot wait to share that with everyone here. And as always, as always, thank you so much for all the love and support for everything y'all have done. We couldn't have done it without y'all. And continue to be the best version of you you can be. Create smiles. Create happiness. Go on adventures, make other people smile, continue to be a light in this world, and as always, we will see and hear from you all later. Take care.